sack Is that all you get for your money? And if that's what you have in mind Yeah, if that's what you're all about Good luck moving up Cause I'm moving out Good morning and welcome to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. This is Mark Carr, team member of the Becky Ivins Real Estate team here with Becky Ivins on this Christmas Eve morning. Good morning, morning. Mark. My headphone is either full blast or not on. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm doing great today. How are you? Wonderful. Wonderful. My house is filling up today with my kids coming. Well, I got two in college that are coming back. Or You got one out of college. One out of college who's going to come in and stay the night with us anyway tonight so we're going to have a full house fun nice yeah nice nice we had a full house last night and i will say uncle eric is the favorite uncle uh because the kids just, he just lets the kids climb all over him and he goes back to his wrestling days yeah he does and he just <laughs> they so look forward to each one of their uncles coming but uh he they he definitely is a favorite <laughs> and so he was there last night we played uh, party games and had a good time with family and we hope you are having a good time with your family this weekend uh we are live in the studio today i know and I'm, it's a great morning to be live if you're out i saw a lot of people out and about uh this morning if you want to join the conversation today the number is 405-840-1000 and our guest today we have this guest often at the end of the year because the laws change and we need to bring our expert in uh, attorney at law ron shallot good morning ron good morning i thought i was scheduled because nobody else wants to come on christmas eve he he caught on mark (laughs) that it's hard to get a guest to come at eight o'clock on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, we we tried as realtor speech, right? Like it's a cozy home. That yes, means, there you go. Means small home. Means it's small. <laughs> uh, we'll throw, we'll throw some of those little yeah. tidbits in this uh, realtor speech. Realtor speech. How yeah. to interpret? Yeah, right. Realtor the speech. first class you take is uh, embellishment one hundred and one. So, Ron, we're going to get right into it the law what has changed well we have to look at your end of the year uh, review of things and our our christmas present on this program this is christmas eve it may seem like a lump of coal Uh oh but you have to put it into perspective with today's energy prices coal may be a great present to get yeah no kidding so So, dear Santa, want coal? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, things change, and our perspective changes. And as uh, things change, uh, then we have to relook at our own situations. And you and I have seen a lot of things this this past year. I don't want to say especially, but it almost seems that way. Especially that there have been some very strange events happen, not only in the law itself, but also with regards to situations that we've seen that have come into our respective uh, businesses, yours and and mine as well. So uh, we're going to look a little bit uh, about them, about the events that have happened to others, and hopefully we can help your 
listeners avoid some of these issues and have things squared away and ready to go. Uh, we, in fact, we've just had one, I think, the other day that you uh, talked to me about uh, briefly where, again, uh, a title to a property is being held in someone who has long since passed away and uh, or maybe even has just recently passed away. And now what do we do? And those are good questions that, that people face. It's especially tough uh, when you get into the holiday season, uh, but uh, there are events that happen that we don't have any control over, so we just have to deal with them. And when you're looking at uh, investments such as your house, real property, uh, or things that you have worked so long and hard to acquire, uh, you certainly should manage those properly, not for the just for the present time, but also for your future as well. Well, there's a lot to look at. And, I mean, we'll, we will get started on the uh, well, we well, have, we just the have, laws, but I wanted to, we had something else come up this week that I – someone called us out to list a property, and, you know, we always check who owns the property. And the nice thing about – when it's in Oklahoma County, you can go right to the – uh, Oklahoma County Assessor, and not only look at who's in title right now, but how did they get in title? I usually look back uh, 20 or 30 years on the title just to see, okay, well, <clears throat> when it's been in the same family particularly. Yeah. Well, the first one was a deed. The second one down chronologically was uh, a I always forget the name of the thing, but a court case, a settlement, or a, no, no, the end of a probate. That was it. Final okay. settlement or, of probate. Order of distribution. Yes. And then uh, before that, there's a lawsuit. And before that, there's from husband and wife to husband or something. There, There's a quick claim deed in there. There's a lot going on with that property. So – we it appeared that we could sell it by reading it because the distribution acknowledged the lawsuit that wanted to set aside a quick claim deed that was signed supposedly under duress. It was kind of complicated, but anyway, I called the title company attorney directly and I said, "Hey, do you have time to get on the computer and look at these documents with me?" And of course, then she got it on OSCN.net and started reading the civil stuff and. A fraud case was dropped and i mean it can get very complicated at first glance we know who owns the property it's in two two names however if you look back just a little bit no way could we have ever gotten title insurance on that well when you what you're talking about is you're talking about what appears to be the title in a certain person's name right then when you look before that there's a question as to whether they actually got clear and marketable title. Right. So do they really have the title or not? And that is always a question that uh, frightens lawyers. Uh, I'll be frank on that. It frightens lawyers because when we're dealing with situations, uh, we'd like to look at one document and be certain, okay, there's no problem there. And, and you're the same way. We have – talked about that and you and Mark and your operation do the very well with that. However, sometimes you have to go beyond that 
and see how did they get it. And, and those could be issues. And I, I know there are programs out there that, that say you can uh, buy this and we will check your title for you, you know, the title insurance kind of companies out there. You can check it yourself for the most part. And it would not hurt for an individual to, especially if they have a number of properties, uh, but even your own home, to occasionally check on your title just to see what it's doing. Now, if at the end of the year or toward the end of the year, if you get the tax statement, you can kind of bet that you still own that property. <laughs> <clears throat> right. However, however, if you don't get a tax statement or if you just want to look and see, uh, it does not hurt to uh, go on uh, like the Oklahoma County uh, website and look and see who has the title to the property. The assessor site is very simple to go to, and you can look at toward the bottom of it. There's a listing of the most recent transactions, sometimes all the way back to statehood. Uh, so you can look there, and uh, you can look at more thoroughly if you want, but at least you can get an idea. And our guest last week was Larry Stein with the Oklahoma County Assessor. And if you live in Oklahoma County, congratulations, because that <laughs> website is fantastic. You need to go on there and just look at your own property, see the information. We're going to be back with more with Ron Shalott on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move News Radio 1000 KTOK. Christmas, it's the best time of the year. Merry Christmas Eve. Thanks, Mike Gannon, our great producer. For I know. I, I have heard Christmas carols at my house for a very long time. <laughs> my husband goes and sings places it's like memory care. Oh, if you have not been at a Jim Ivins production, a concert <laughs> where he is karaoke and that man loves to sing. He and he's it is, very good he's at it. Great. He's got a beautiful voice, but he uh, had six things this last week. Did he really? And yeah, yeah. And he's a crooner. Yes, he's he is. so smooth. Yeah, we're gonna get him to do some uh uh well I was gonna say Willie Nelson. He can do some Willie Nelson. But Rick Ricky Nelson. And <laughs> <laughs> we're here this morning with Attorney at Law, Ron Shalott, and every time we have Ron, it is a fantastic, informative time, and if you want to go back and listen to any time that Ron has been on the program, you can go to anywhere you subscribe to podcast and iHeartMedia, the iTunes, and just look up Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move, and you can pop up and you'll see special guest Ron Shalott. Well, Ron, what else has changed in the law this year? Well, in looking at uh, this, this past year, we've seen some changes with the uh, legislature adopting finally a health care power of attorney, which we'll, which we'll talk about here a little bit later in the program and, and get to that area. Uh, we've seen some clarification on uh, the Indian law jurisdiction. And, of course, uh, we had the, the big one that a lot of people are talking about with the, uh, the termination of uh, – pregnancy uh, one the Dobbs case that uh, kind of uh, goes into the the structure of uh, how do you look at uh, life and, and, and your life and you know when, when you think about it we talked about you know looking at the title of your property 
and we're all getting older and sometimes we'll get diminished capacity and then events can happen where we actually die and, and die suddenly. Uh, I was just reading this morning, uh, you know, Minnesota yesterday or last night, I guess it was at the mall there, there was a shooting and an individual has died and, and that does happen and it happens too often in Ohio. I guess it was yesterday, bad car wrecks, several people uh, were killed in that. And, and so you have to, you have to plan and that's, part of my job and it's not to be morbid and try to bring down the, the cheeriness or the merriment but instead is to try to uh, encourage people to protect uh, yourself uh, protect what you have acquired and also protect uh, your family so uh, these are things that are, that are very important as we get to the end of, of the year uh, it, it's something that you don't necessarily want to go into your your Christmas dinner and say, hey, kids, if I die, what's going to happen? You know, kind of thing. You know, you don't necessarily want to, you know, throw those things out. But you can use uh, family gatherings to uh, to talk to uh, family members, uh, kind of uh, uh, weigh them and see who would be good in certain aspects if you become incapacitated or uh, in the event that you do pass away, pass away suddenly. Uh, without uh, the expectation. So these are the times where you can start to get those conversations, uh, start to even impress upon uh, whether it's a spouse or children or whoever else you would uh, appoint or utilize as to what you think, what you would like, uh, you know, how you view things. And you find out how they view things and you get a gauge as to whether or not they would be the right person if you were to appoint them, say, as a personal representative in a will or uh, appoint them to be your agent for uh, financial or health care powers of attorney. Do you know, more than once, I have had a family member, in fact, probably a dozen times at least, a family member call me to sell a house after uh, their – the parent or grandparent or whatever has passed away and they say you know i found your card or i found a postcard uh or a note in mama's bible that had your name and number on it so i know that she knows you and trusted you so this this week the same thing happened i sold uh this gentleman a house in 1996 i checked on him last year from time to time i will call and if i still have a valid phone number or something and i just said you know drove by your house and was kind of thinking about you how are you doing and he said well i'm not doing too good becky he said but i've made it clear he said uh, when my i die my son will call you to sell the house and because his son was in california and so the son called this week and said, you know, dad said he wants you to sell the house for him. And that, of course, that always makes me feel really good. But it's a lot of responsibility to the family. And that's a responsibility that I take pretty easily. Well, and, and you, like I, uh, we do take to heart the people that we deal with, the people we represent. Uh, it's not lost on me when someone comes and says, uh, Mom just passed away, or even you know my, my child just passed away, and it's getting especially into the holidays. 
and uh, you realize that they're going through issues, you know, personal struggles now with a loss, but yet they're looking to you for help and for guidance, not just to be the realtor, not just to be the lawyer, but also to just listen to them sometimes and uh, and show that somebody does care uh, and does care enough that they're willing to uh, go to the the top degree to uh, take care of them and take care of their situation. Yeah. That, do you know, I, I just have to say this because it's heavy on my mind. I went shopping with a friend of mine a few years ago. Uh, we went out to TJ Maxx because she needed to buy two of those little boxes, like a chest thing that you would sit on a shelf. And uh, she was purchasing these were the ashes of two of her children that had passed away within the month. And the the clerk goes, well, Merry Christmas. And I think what she was hearing was everybody else's Christmas is Merry probably, and here I am having to buy boxes to put my children in. Right. And so maybe a blessed Christmas or something like that occasionally might, might be a good thing to do. Uh, so we do – Wish it's merry for you, but right. sometimes people have troubles during the holidays. Well, and where you have time during the holidays, things are slowed down a little bit. Maybe you're stuck in your house because you can't get the car out or the power is not doing too well. Uh, so it'd be a good time to sit down and to start thinking about and, and then sketching out what would happen to my stuff if I pass away or who would – take care of me, make the decisions for my health care or make uh, sure that the insurance is paid or the bills are paid, who can do that? And then what is it that they have to do? And would it be simple that somebody could just come in and go, okay, here is where all the stuff is. Here's where the listing of everything is. So they don't have to go searching around. I've had that earlier this year where uh, a couple lost their adult daughter, and they had no idea really what she had or where stuff was. It had to search. Let me ask you something, Ron. So, like in that situation, you're dealing with real people that have all sorts of different personalities. How do you help people who don't want to talk about this? Like they find it so morbid. Like for me, I, I talk about because I think death is just a fact of life. It's something we deal with as humanity. We need to be aware of it, discuss it. Uh, have a plan for it, but not everybody is like that. Not everybody wants to talk about it. Mark, did that situation change when you had your <laughs> your near death experience? I'm thinking before no, so, that. No, before that, I was I had the same. Like it was was you know it was a concept that was out there. So for those of you who don't know, when I was 41, so it's seven years ago, I had a type A aortic aneurysm that burst. Uh, while I was by myself south of Lake Overholzer riding a bike and had no knowledge and had emergency surgery that actually had three that ended up saving my life over time and had about a 1% survival rate from what happened. So, Well, what, well when you think about it, and, and sometimes you have to take them back to the news because people that went to the mall in Minnesota yesterday had no inkling. People that were out on the road yesterday in Ohio had no inkling. Right. You know, things happen, and sometimes it's bad things that happen to us. So to have that planning is, the way I put it, it's a, it's a way to be a good steward of what you have been entrusted with. 
but it's also a way to show your love for others, uh, for your spouse, significant other, family, uh, so that they are not suffering more because they can't figure out where everything is or what in the world's going on. And, and it's a big problem when they're trying to deal with either your passing or something that's happened to you where you're in the hospital and surgery. So I try to impress upon them the, the importance that I think of the other people. Yeah. Well, and we're going to continue with more on the laws that have changed and what is going to shape our life in the future. Uh, this is where I, I love having Ron Shalott and having that ability to give him a call. And if some of this is ringing a bell for you, uh, you can find Ron's information by going to BeckyIvans.com. Look on Becky's Favorites. He'll be right there. And I'm just going to tell you, if you have not had this conversation yet with a lawyer that can help you plan, please, please, please do it because we don't control the times. Let it be your gift to your family. There it is. We'll be back with more on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move, News Radio 1000, KTOK. is a thing to say on a Oh, it makes me want to start singing, but no one would enjoy that if I hey, did. It makes me uh, <laughs> ready for in what, five weeks. We're yeah. going to be going there. Oh, are you really? Yes, I am. Oh, good for you. Not for long, about six days. That's wonderful. I'm just ready for that weather. Yeah, really. Right? Really. But what we're ready for is our word of the day. Word of the day is brought to you by Robbins Roofing, where their word every day is trust. You can trust Robbins Roofing from a small repair to a complete replacement. You can give them a call at 728-3700. That's 405-728-3700. So our word of the day today, Ron? Well, for this Christmas Eve, our word of the day will be peace. Oh, nice. Peace. And law, you know, sometimes we have peaceable transfers or resolutions to matters of dispute or disagreement. But the word peace seems appropriate today and, and something we need more of from the French uh, word uh, uh, pack, uh, from the Latin pack. Uh, it's a state of quiet or tranquility, calm, harmony, serenity, free from war or hostility. So you know, this Christmas, we, we pray, we hope for peace, not only in our lives and in your lives of listeners, but also in our country and in the world, especially. We've had a, a tough year with things going on. That's a great word of the day, brought to you by Robin's Roofing. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, let's get into the laws that changed. Well, you know, looking at uh, things that, that have changed, you know, one of the things we have to look at is, has your situation changed? Because uh, as your situation changes, then how things work in your family and in your plans change as well. And we've talked about uh, looking at uh, your assets to see how they're titled and to make sure that they are titled the way you intend them to be. But then think about 
so what happens if I am incapable of, of using my assets, if I'm incapacitated or if I do pass away? What happens to all this stuff and what happens to me? So it's good to have that, that kind of, of planning. We've had uh, situations where people have tried to, to do it on their own, uh, draft their own will. Uh, and uh, it doesn't always turn out very well. Uh, sometimes they miss things. Uh, and the law, recently we had a, a case come down where a individual hand wrote a will and changed a typewritten will that he also had self-done. But in, instead of seeing a lawyer, he hand wrote a will, tried to leave everything to his grandson. But he didn't mention anybody else in the will. He just said, I'm leaving everything to my grandson, which in Oklahoma could work. The only problem was he also had children, and those children then applied to the court to uh, take over the assets and the estate as forgotten heirs. And he didn't realize that you do have to specifically disinherit those who would have otherwise taken under a will. Or he could have put it all in a trust and done the same thing. But uh, the Oklahoma Supreme Court was very clear that even if you do it yourself – you are still subject to the statutory regulations and subject to how the law has interpreted those statutes. Now, this new information to me that – so if I'm say, stating I would like this person or this organization or this location, you know, like if I'm giving it to charity, then – but have heirs, you have to specifically disinherit the heirs. You want to be specific because there's what's called a forgotten heir uh, statute. And the idea was that there was a child out there who was disowned by the parent. And so they took care of the other kids. So the child was forgotten, but yet has a right to come back and claim their share that they would have had, had the person died without a will. So nowadays, and for quite some time, we've tried to be very specific. If you're going to list your children, you want to make sure and list all of your children, uh, even those from other relationships, uh, and to specifically uh, disinherit those children if you don't want them to get anything. That is the one way you're certain because the court is going to look at the will, at the four corners of the document. They're not going to bring in all other kind of evidence or or witnesses. Now, it's different if you're talking about a life insurance or a trust because trust doesn't come under that statute. The life insurance doesn't come under that statute. But with a will, it does. And with the way the court has interpreted it, uh, the application of it to all wills, including the handwritten self-made uh, wills, uh, you cannot assume that they remembered their children or their their rightful heirs, and consequently, you have to take that into account. And so that's a very important uh, element to have where we are trying to be very clear uh, about that so people do not make a mistake and, and find out – well, they won't find out, but uh, their, their beneficiaries find out later on that there's a serious problem. Yeah. And if you want to call in and join this conversation, you can call in at 405-840-1000. That's 840-1000. Okay. So lots of lots of stuff on our passing. 
but <laughs> I'll, I'm just going to turn it over to you, Ron. You you you, you want to go before that though, and the other thing that we've had, which was the big law change this year, was uh, the enactment of the new health care durable power of attorney statute. Uh, that uh, is a a major change in the sense of we went for several months without one. Uh, you may remember our conversation last year, uh, even about this time, that uh, the legislature had modified the durable power of attorney statute and had uh, specifically excluded health care powers of attorney. And since those have to be uh, created by statute, a durable power of attorney, therefore – uh, not having it in the law meant that uh, we couldn't create them. Now, we had old ones that were okay up until November 1 of last year. Uh, but uh, because of the change in the law that went into effect of November 1 of last year, we didn't have them. The legislature fixed that this year and early this year. So now we do have a health care power of attorney in, in place. And that's important because you have two aspects in your life if – you are in need of assistance. One is your health care, what, what happens with regard to your medical, hospital, dental, psychological, nursing home, things of that nature. But the other is the financial aspect of it. So who pays your bills? Who manages your accounts if they're not on your accounts? So you need to have those instruments in place as well. Well, if you have those you did a durable power of attorney for me. So prior to November 1 of last year. It was. That was my question. Yeah. Yeah. Is is it still in effect then if we had this done earlier? Yes. Yes, the uh both statutes, the one that was enacted last year that uh eliminated the healthcare ones and the one that was in effect this year now, both have said that uh, the prior powers of attorney are in effect and, and not affected by the act. It just uh, affected powers of attorney that were drafted, created, signed November 1 last year, then up until uh, the change in the law, although the change in the law now, earlier this year, has basically resuscitated and revived. If you did one uh, in December of last year or January of this year, uh, it has basically ratified those as as being effective but uh, if you had done that i still would get one under the new act signed just to be safe i was going to say those during that little limbo period uh would do they need to go get it signed again and your advice is probably they should just as a matter of, of <laughs> caution simply because i don't want to be the lawyer who is involved in in the matter representing a client and find out that the court interprets it differently than the way other lawyers have it, because it does happen. Let me make sure I understand the durable power of attorney issue correctly. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong in this, Ron is durable power of attorney. When you're naming it, you're kind of naming it over your stuff and then you're naming it over your health. And those previously, you could do it in the same document, same thing, and now it really has to be in two different declarations. Here's has power of attorney over stuff, stuff, and here's how who has power of attorney over health decisions. Is that am I in the 
correct? You're you're in the ballpark. Okay, but good. It's even a little more complicated than that. In the well, sense of course that, it is, you of lawyer. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> because uh, you know, I look at it and I think there's a way you can still merge them into one document. Uh, it doesn't say they have to be two completely separate documents, but the difference is that. Uh, the health care power of attorney does require two witnesses and a notary, two people witness your signature who are not related to you by blood or marriage and don't stand to inherit from uh, your passing away, uh, and a notary public to notarize your signature. The financial power of attorney only requires a notary. doesn't require the two independent witnesses. So there's a little difference, although if you have witnesses for that one, that's fine. I mean, if you overdo it, it's it's okay. It's if you underdo it and don't meet the minimums of the statute, that's where you come into a problem. People, some lawyers used to have two separate ones, and there are good reasons for it, uh, why they would uh, – I sometimes would do two separate ones if people ask. Sometimes I would do just one or the other if that's what people wanted. But usually I tried to put them together just for the continuity. If you've got somebody who's making your health care decisions, shouldn't they have a, the ability to pay for those decisions? You know, sometimes <laughs> that could be a problem. Although you do have situations where uh, you have one child who would be great making the medical decisions for you, but the other child – is a lot better with finances and, and right. the business aspect of it, whereas the one who makes the healthcare one, you know, can't add two plus two. So you do have those kind of situations where you sometimes had to split it up, and that makes them more complex. What you would do in, in under the present situation is, is I'm I'm utilizing two of them because there are statutory forms. They are not uh, completely required, however. Uh, they are suggested that you follow them. Uh, the uh, the financial one is, is more in-depth than, than my former ones in the sense that you do have to make specific choices as to what areas the agent would have to uh, be involved in. Every time I learn new and more new stuff, you'll learn a lot with Ron Shalott. We'll be back with more on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move, News Radio 1000, KTOK. Merry Christmas Eve, and welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. Absolutely my favorite Christmas album right there. <laughs> I do. The the Peanuts, just absolutely beautiful jazz. And it's time for our smoking Hot Deal. Our smoking Hot Deals are brought to you by Casa Perico Mexican Grill, located on the south corner of 122nd and Penn and on 63rd, just west of Meridian. And in Yukon on the old route 66. I'll tell you what, our smoking hot deals, uh, here's the truth of the matter. We've sold our smoking hot deals, okay? <laughs> <laughs> which, which is good news for the owners of those properties. Um, the I one was, we announced last week. Yes. Went pending. I yep. know. Uh, but here's the good thing if you still want your smoking hot deal, just tell us what you want. We are really good at sniffing those out on the multi list. And we're friends enough w- with enough realtors 
to where we can call a few people that we know are kind of strong in a particular area or a particular price range or something like that and say, hey, I'm looking for this. I've got a client looking for this. Do you have any upcoming listings? And we sell houses like that, which is pretty nice. Uh, and, you know, usually <clears throat> I will tell, we'll speak a little bit more to this next week about what the trends have been. Uh, the trend this year has been if it hits the market, it sells. Uh, but some years people go more toward, like last year, people were going more toward office space at home. The year before, like 20, uh, 2020, office space at home. Some years they go more toward acreages. Uh, other years they go more toward condos. So we're going to talk about the current state and what your humble host here has to say about <laughs> the upcoming uh, market in 2023. And we're going to discuss that next next week. That'll be that'll be a great discussion. So call us for your own smoking hot deal at seven two two thirty two thirty two. And if you are listening from uh, Qatar, uh, Afghanistan, we do have people listen from those remote areas. But uh, it's area code. It's plus one area code four zero five seven two two thirty two thirty two. Give us a call. We'll be glad to help you with any real estate question. Ron Shalott, we have got six minutes for six you minutes. to cover the law changes this year. <laughs> Plenty of time. <laughs> well, in talking about the powers of attorney, kind of continue with that conversation, one of the things that is a nuance in the forms is whether or not you would have the immediate effect or whether it's a delayed effect. What do I mean by that? I mean, will this agent that you're – putting into place be effective and able to act now or sometime in the future in the event of a condition. The condition would be if you are determined to be incapacitated, incapable of making your own decisions. And that's very important because the financial form uh, states that it becomes effect immediately unless you say otherwise. So, you have to be careful in looking at that because you may not be desirous of your agent being able to act currently, but rather in the time that you need them. Do you know, I had some clients, Ron, that did exactly this. They signed a durable power of attorney thinking it would go into effect when they became disabled and they or dead, no, which – by the way, it has no effect once you're dead. Once you're dead, it's – yeah. It, <laughs> once you're dead, it's dead? It's dead. Yeah. People call all the time and say, my dad passed away. I need to sell his house, but that's okay because I've got his power of attorney. And I'll be thinking, yeah, that died with your dad. But I mean – Well, and, and the reason for that is is the concept of a power of attorney is you appoint an agent to act for you. And that's what the common law was about is – I want uh, something done, uh, but I don't have time to do it, so I will appoint Mark Carr to go do it for me, and I will give him my power of attorney. And maybe that involves signing my name. We see this a lot with Florida uh, in the sense of timeshares in Florida. You sign a power of attorney so somebody can sign the, the Florida timeshare agreements. Yet uh, 
in this uh, situation, the power of attorney is only as good as the ability of the principal to empower the agent. So if the principal cannot empower the agent, think death or even think disability, that agent no longer has the power because if the principal is incapacitated, can't give the contractual authority, or if they're dead, the agent doesn't have the power. Now, why the statute is important is the statute specifically points out that the power of attorney is still is still works. It's durable, and that's the whole concept of durable power of attorney. It's it has that power to it. In fact, you can appoint the agent to become your agent only at the point that you are incapacitated. So it will last and can last during incapacity. Well, and I'll tell you, be sure before you give your power of attorney to someone like one of your kids that you trust that kid. Well, that's what we talked about a little bit earlier when you were uh, with the family gatherings and all that, trying to evaluate uh, who would be capable, who would be best uh, for that. And then before you appoint them, and we'll talk about this uh, later on with wills and that too, or trusts, before you appoint them, sit down with them and visit with them. Make sure that they are capable of acting. Make sure that they are willing to act. How many times have we appointed somebody and they go, I don't want to make those decisions Uh, and make sure that they have the mindset as you have and that you at least get their assurance that, yeah, they'll act this way in your best interests. Well, and I've seen in recent years two particularly uh, ridiculously cruel uh, uses of the power of attorney, one of them a – about a $450,000 house was signed over to the children as a power of attorney. Over to They created an LLC to deed it over to, and the parents were full equity on that. They had no mortgage, and they came to me and wanted to know, can I have you sell this? It's too big. We want to buy something small. They had no ability to do that because their money had – the money in that property had been stolen from them by their own kids. And that, that is an unfortunate situation. We occasionally see something like that happen. Most do not. There are remedies for that. And you can have a power of attorney set aside. Not only would the individual be able to, to set it aside, but also if someone else sees that there's some inappropriate actions, they can go to court and seek to establish a guardianship over the person of the property and uh, take out the durable power of attorney. Know when it springs into effect or if it's immediate. As always, thank you to Ron Shalott for being our guest on this Christmas Eve. And if you want to get a hold of Ron, go to BeckyIvans.com. Click on Becky's favorites. You'll see Ron Shalott. From Becky Ivans, I'm Mark Carr. We wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Have a blessed Christmas.